If you will, take your Bible and turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Message today entitled, From Despair to Discovery. Does that sound good for anybody? Despair is one of those words that is very difficult to define. It's much easier to describe. Words like misery and gloom and pain and hopelessness, anguish, desperation, and even depression to describe accurately despair. But you know, the truth of it is I don't really have to describe it or define it for this group. Because most of us in this room at some point in our life have experienced despair of some kind. Either we've had a loved one who is diagnosed terminal or gravely sick. Maybe in this room there are some folks that's received that diagnosis your own self. Perhaps it was another struggle in your life. It could be financial struggles that you just, your back was against the wall. Or maybe it's a family struggle. Or or maybe it's actually a loss of someone from this life. You get in that situation and you just see no way out. And you find yourself looking and hoping for a solution. I say this. Many times we come in a room like this and there are people who are in despair. You may be in this room today. But nobody knows it because you put on a face of bravery. And hidden behind that mask of bravery is despair that you don't want anybody to know about. Here's what I want to share with you today. Here's your word for today before we get into the message. Despair, while it can be bad, many times bring us to the very place, the very point, and can be the very thing that leads us to find the answer that our soul is so desperately searching for. Despair. Our story today, I think, will kind of Take the lid off and let us peer in and see how it can help us. If you will stand, if you can stand to honor the reading of God's word, we'll pick up in verse 46 and read to the end of the chapter. So he, that's Jesus, so he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. And when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he, the son, was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. 
As he was going down, his disciples met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Father, I pray that you will open this portion of your word to our hearts and our lives. I pray and you will open our hearts and lives to this portion of your word. I pray that you will crack open the hard heart, that you will melt the cold heart, and that you will pour in those things that we need to know that you do for us, you do in us, and you want to do through us to bring us from despair to discovering your perfect will, your perfect way, your perfect healing, and your perfect help. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today, I want to ask you to do something with me. Today, I want to ask you to kind of put yourself into the life of this nobleman, this official, this Man, I want you to see all of this from his perspective. Because if we see what he saw, if we feel what he felt, then we may go where he went and do what he did. Now, what I like about this story is this story is, in, is, tell, is told us in a way that we can understand. It's about physical sickness. It's about the possibility of physical death. We can really wrap our hands around that. But here's what I want to tell to you. Every truth that we discover in this story can be applied to our soul that's sick. To our soul that left by itself is literally terminal to experience eternal death. And what we will discover is that Jesus, as he responded to this young boy, he responds to the soul to make us well. So as a beginning... Let me remind you of what you already know. The human soul is sick. The human heart is deceitful. And the human life is broken. I want to say that again because I want you to get it. The human soul is sick. The human heart is deceitful. And the human life is broken And we are in need of healing. We are in need of repair, as we will get to tonight. I was telling um, Adam a minute ago about some things that I heard even yesterday at my uncle's funeral that, that spurred my thinking about the working of Jesus. The human needs healing. It needs fixing. It needs correcting. And Jesus stands ready to respond if you want to be healed. But according to Jesus, it requires faith. Now, faith is not mentioned per se in this book, but in this particular passage. But he taught the principle that faith that we must have. So I want to walk through this as we look from despair to discovery. And I want you to just kind of walk down the life of this man 
and see ourselves in light of his life experiences and as we will see the stages of faith. I began, as I read this story, I'll just tell you, I read it, I read it, I read it, and the first thing that jumped out at me was the unthinkable. The unthinkable. Now, what are you talking about, Brother Jerry? There is nothing any more unthinkable than a child getting sick to the point of death. Nothing pulls at our heartstrings like a child that has an illness that is terminal. It's unfair. It's unspeakable. It's unthinkable. It causes one to lose hope. It causes one to lose heart. It will even and can even cause one to lose faith. A child being this sick causes us to hurt and to play in places that we don't even want to talk about, let alone go. But, are you listening? The experience of death is a part of life. It's not necessarily God's judgment, except for the fact that we are indeed a fallen culture. You see, the the truth is, in this community, we have been witnesses to children being sick, the unthinkable, the unspeakable, the the unimaginable, and we are witnesses to that but it is in this fallen world where people even children get these types of things get sick and die just simply unthinkable here was a father that had a child that was about to die as bad as this is please listen as bad as this is It is these unthinkable things, these unthinkable things that results in God getting our attention. In our modern world, something like this goes on. Facebook and Twitter explodes with call for prayer. People who haven't spoken and interacted for years because of some little something that happened 20 years ago, all of a sudden those things are put aside and schedules are changed and we go to the Lord in prayer because the unthinkable has happened. In fact, I will put it this way. When the unthinkable happens, we do almost the unthinkable things. In our story, this father was an important man. He was an official. He, he, he was not likely directly responsible to the king. So you can imagine when his son became sick, I dare say that he left no stones unturned. I dare say because of his position and status that he spared no expense to get his child medical help. But here's the deal. Nothing worked. Do you know that's about that about our lives? We can do everything that we know to do. We can use everything in our arsenal, and sometimes nothing works. When I read this story, I'm reminded of the woman had a female problem. She had bled menstrually for 12 years. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the three synoptic gospels, recorded. She She had spent all of her money trying to get well, but it wasn't good enough. I don't have to tell you the spiritual 
application of that truth. We can try to fix ourselves spiritually and nothing we do will work. This situation was so dire. We don't know how old the boy was, the man's son. We don't know how long he'd been sick. But we know this. We know he'd been sick long enough to try all these things. We know that he'd been sick long enough for this man to either collapse in lack of faith or begin to develop faith. Fortunately, he began to develop faith. And I want to say this to you. If you're in despair right now, you basically have two possibilities. You can despair and turn your back on God, or you can approach the one who has the answer and develop faith in God. His life begins with the unspeakable. But then it comes to the undeniable. You know what I will tell you is undeniable about this father? He was led in this crisis. He was led to a crisis faith. It was crisis faith, but it was a faith nonetheless. He was, he was desperate and desperation has a way of bringing you to faith. It's too too often is said, and until we come to a place of desperation, we'll use our ingenuity, we'll use our logic, we'll use our resources to muddle through because we can figure it out and work our way around it. But when we become desperate, when we really become, get in despair, excuse the terminology, all bets are off. It's at that point that we're ready to do whatever required. Desperation will cause us to do what we never thought we'd do. This man never thought he'd even consider Jesus. It'll cause us to go where we never thought we'd go. He certainly never thought he would go all the way from Capernaum to Canaan to see Jesus. Or the actions. Desperation will lead us to actions that we never thought we would take. He never thought that he would have to come to Jesus and ask Jesus for healing, But when he was faced with the death of his son, after hearing about all that Jesus had done in Cana and Jerusalem, after hearing about all those things, he had to come to Jesus. But not only did he come to Jesus in Christ's face, faith, he came to Jesus and he asked Jesus to heal his son. He didn't come and say, if you can, please heal. He came to Jesus and said, please come and heal my son. It's undeniable faith. This is undeniable. You see, his crisis faith, the unthinkable, had drawn into a confident faith, the undeniable. Confident faith is that faith where things begin to happen. I don't know what your faith is, but you can see it all through the Bible. The woman that I mentioned with the issue of blood... Her confident faith said to her, if only I can get to Jesus. The four men in Mark chapter 2 said, if we can just get our lame friend to Jesus, Jesus will do something. And they climbed up on a, a house and they punched a hole in and they let him down and he was healed. Bartimaeus making noise over on the side. Blind Bartimaeus, he said, if, if I can only get Jesus' attention, He will make me be able to see. And so he said, Lord, look at me. Man, are you catching these, you catching these attitudes? If only I will come to Jesus, life will be changed. He will make a difference. 
It is undeniable that if we'll come to Jesus, if we'll seek Him, if we'll place our trust in Him and put our faith in Him, our lives will change. I ask you a question. Americans, top 5% financial people in the world, are you in despair today? Do people, not know, do people around you not know that you're discouraged? Is there a quiet desperation going on? If there is, don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Don't give in. Don't give up. Because right where you are right now is the perfect position for Jesus to do something in your life. If you'll have confident faith. In him. His crisis faith the unthink- during the time of the unthinkable led to a confident faith the time of an undeni- the undeniable, which we see grew when he got to Jesus, to the unwavering. Now, this is pretty interesting to me. I understand that I have a weird mind. It runs weird. But it's almost like Jesus called him out. He came all the way from Capernaum, Capernaum to Cana. And he said, Jesus, come, come and heal my son. And what Jesus said, yeah, I'm coming. No, what Jesus said is that you will only believe when you see the miracles. Come down to my house. You will only believe if you can see the miracles. You talk about exposing somebody's motive. We live in a day and age when we see to believe instead of believe to see. I believe that when Jesus spoke these words that we find here in verse 48, unless you see the signs and wonders, you will not believe. I believe that Jesus exposed many Many motives. And when he said that to him, I can, I'm putting myself in the story. I've got this son that's unto death, and if Jesus says it come through, no hope. I can, when Jesus said, unless you see the miracles, you won't believe. I can imagine that this nobleman's countenance dropped because Jesus was his only hope. And I can hear the heartache, the heartbreak, and the hurt in his voice. Even the hopelessness when he said, Jesus, you are my last hope. And if you don't come through, my son is dead. You see, this official, this nobleman was at the end of his rope. Hope was gone. And unless or until Jesus stepped in, life was over. I can't overstate this. But it isn't in those times of discouragement, desperation, and, and despair that we tend to grow in our faith. In the good times, we kind of depend on ourselves. For this man, even in the face of Jesus calling him out, 
His faith never wavered. He never stopped believing that Jesus could heal his son. He knew that he had tried everything on the face of the earth and nothing had worked. As I was, as I was reading this and thinking of this, you know I write songs. I didn't write a song, <clears throat> but I started some lyrics. When we've done all we can do, when our efforts have fallen through, when our life seems to fall apart, only Jesus can heal the wounded heart. You see, Jesus not only was the answer for this man, he is the answer for every man. And you see, have you seen how this faith has grown? He started with Christ's faith during the unthinkable time of terminal illness of his son. It became undeniable faith. When, when at undeniable and, and that confident faith when he came to Jesus. And when Jesus called him out, now it's become committed faith. You know, I'd like to spend about an hour talking about commitment. Because in our culture, we don't know much about commitment today. In our culture, the commitment we have tells us that if we're a member of a church, we'll be there. If we're there two times a month, we're active. I wonder how your wife or your husband would feel about that if you were just saw them a couple of times a month. Brother Jerry, that's different. Really? Is that what the Bible says? You see, when we're committed, we are there no matter what. You see, you see, when you're committed to anything, you stay with it no matter what. If he had not been committed, when Jesus called him out, you know what he'd have done? He'd have hit the highway. He'd have said, well, it was a good idea. I'm going to have to find some other way. But he was committed. He didn't abandon his effort to, to, to get Jesus to call on Jesus, to believe in Jesus, to trust Jesus, to have faith in Jesus. His faith was unwavering. Is your faith unwavering? I have a deep conviction. Could be wrong. I think it's right. I have a deep conviction. That there are people sitting home today that used to worship God in spirit and in truth on the Lord's day. Because they didn't have didn't possess a committed faith. And when things went bad, they walked away. You see, I asked you this question today. How does your faith stack up? When circumstances aren't right, do you stay the course? When problems seem overwhelming, do you stay the course? Do you have that committed faith in Him? Last thing I see is that he has now moved from the unthinkable, the terminal illness, to the undeniable that he came to see Jesus. The unwavering that even in the face of being, face of being called out, he still trusted Jesus. And now it's at this point it gets exciting because then we see the unbelievable. Wow. When Jesus saw the unlikely faith of this unlikely man, he responded in unbelievable. Likely power, maybe unbelievable power. And something unbelievable happened. The boy was healed. Now, Jesus didn't do it like the man asked. Now, did y'all catch that? 
The man asked Jesus to come to his house, and Jesus just gave him some words and sent him on his way. Jesus just spoke to him and sent him on his way. He said, go, and, and your son will live. You know what I call this? You got it. Crisis faith. Crisis faith. To confident faith. To committed faith. To finally confirmed faith. I'll say this to you in the, in the church today. This is the faith that needs to be resurrected among God's people because it is at this point that our faith releases the power of God. Now, there's a group of people today in reaction to this word faith, just you just speak it and see it. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about faith in faith. But I'm telling you that our faith can limit or release God's power. Brother Jerry, can you just give me one example? I'll believe that if you give me one biblical example, I can. Of all the places that Jesus wanted to do a mighty work, it was in Nazareth. And the Bible says that he came to Nazareth and he could do, not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Could the very reason that we're not seeing Pentecost in this land is because we don't have faith that God can do that again. God did it back then, but he can't do it anymore. He's not capable anymore. Our or more likely, can it be that we really don't depend on Him? We've not come to that place of despair. We've not come to that place of deep need. I want to say it again. Don't be deceived. It's not faith in faith. It is faith in Jesus, the source of your faith. Jesus rarely responds to faithlessness. He rarely responds to the unfaithful. He responds to us in power when we have faith. Today, he may have been nudging at you because something's gone wrong in your life. And instead of walking toward him, you've turned and walked away from him. Instead of embracing him, you've released and you step back from him. There may be somebody here that, that our Lord has nudged you in your heart about your sin, about your need for a relationship with him, and you've put it off. Truth is, if you don't think you're in despair today, one day you're going to close your eyes in this life. And you're going to open in eternity and you're going to find yourself in the depths of despair. If you've never trusted Christ, let your faith grow. When He speaks to you, respond. If you've trusted Christ but you've fallen away, we have an altar that you can just come and meet Him face to face. Why not do that? Because he wants to move your life from despair to discovery. Let's pray together.